Welcome to Sonosphere, the podcast that explores the sounds all around us in art and music movements through history. We're your hosts. My name is Amy. And I'm Chris. And today we are here with Alex Green and Luis Satius, and they are with Egg, a performance that had grown out of a um, Memphis remix uh, project. And I'd like, Alex, if you'd start, if you'd go into that a little bit. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Amy. Uh, yes, the, the project's actually called Remix Memphis. Uh, so that was a bit of verbal dyslexia <laughs> there, but, <laughs> um, this all started with a, uh, city sponsored initiative called Memphis 3.0. And that was a reaction to the fact that Memphis had not created a comprehensive plan for the development of the city concerning zoning, transportation, uh, everything, uh, since 1981. And, uh, Mayor Strickland, and the folks who put together the Greenpoint uh, plan, which was a kind of an overview of sustainability in the city, uh, launched this initiative called Memphis 3.0 in honor of the beginning of the third century of, of, of Memphis. And uh, the really innovative part was done in conjunction with the Urban Art Commission, who uh, recruited three artists, myself included, to help engage people with Memphis 3.0 and just the very notion of uh, public involvement in the city's plan and help people think about it more creatively than you would get in a typical PowerPoint from an urban planner type thing. I was uh, lucky enough to be associated with two other really talented artists uh, Yancey Villa and uh, Neely Jones, who uh, took things in a more visual direction. But of course, I'm a musician and a sound installation artist. So uh, I took a different approach, which was to do field recordings from all around the city and just play them back to people and try to get discussions going about noise, sound, uh, the sounds of this city in particular. Uh, sound identity that this city has. There's an airplane going yeah. right over us. Path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting project. I've been doing it about a year now and uh, just going doing little pop-up events, say at the Pink Palace or at uh, church meetings, schools, uh, you name it, all kinds of different events. And I play the sounds to people and try to get discussions going, but I also have them fill out little surveys about their reactions to about uh, three dozen sounds that I play. So we're gathering some information. Just as this was starting, Luis and I started this group called The Egg, which was really just a way to experiment with uh, improvised extemporaneous synthesizer uh, interactions and uh, uh, theremin 
playing that I do. And uh, we have very complementary styles of uh, approaches to uh, synths and sound design. So it was kind of uh, an experiment in combining those. Because Luis is more oriented towards samples and loops and that sort of thing, we decided to try taking some of these environmental recordings that I made for Remix Memphis and weave those into our musical uh, environments that we created. So uh, that presented challenges all its own, didn't it? Yeah, of course. But the samples, as, as I told you before, they're so exciting. I love them. I love. Them. I think it's an <clears throat> incredible material, and uh, I'm glad people are having a chance to to vote for the best ones, the ones that they like most, and the ones they don't like, and the, the ones they can relate. At least they're having a chance to be sensitive to the to what's playing those noises. And I, I love to be in part of that, of course. And as a musician, it was interesting to gather both together. And we started with the theremin, the organ, some synthesizers, some loops. But as soon as we realized that we can use this to, in a creative way as well, so you can, well, not creating something new, but it's experimenting. And, and, and if we have a chance to bring this to the people so they can listen to the samples and they can at least listen to the morphs and the changes that musicians can do around those sounds that the CD produces. Yeah, and I should add too that another uh, kind of aspect of Remix Memphis was uh, reaching out to producers, DJs, musicians all around the city uh, and sending them these same field recordings, just providing the library to them and saying, go wild with it, take however many or few of these you find interesting and do a kind of sound montage, add your own musical elements. And so right as we speak, there are a couple dozen or more uh, musicians around the city working on that. Uh, we have a few associated with the Unapologetic crew who are really doing uh, in, in intriguing experimental uh, work in, in the hip-hop vein, um, but also many other uh, musicians, uh, Robert Traxler, who helped you guys organize Memphis Concrete, or you guys helped him. <laughs> um, he's submitting things, uh, so a lot of people from the electronic music scene in the city, um, But, But it's not limited to that, right? No, no. Uh, yeah, really, anyone who has an interest in that. And Do these are open, sorry, these are open source like samples that any musician in the city could, could use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they labeled like to certain part of the city? You wanted to use sounds from Yeah, there? I was wondering how it plays into the developmental aspect mm -hmm. of the city as if like you see sounds as different parts of the city. But how, how 
maybe sound effects development. I can help you there because okay. as I recall, and I think I was one of the first ones jumping in that bandwagon. And uh, I, I, if I recall, we have three packages, right? Yeah. So one... Uh, well, yeah, let me explain. Yes, exactly. Good, good memory jog there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I should add, Luis has done his own sound montage and musical setting uh, apart from the egg using these field recordings. Basically, I, yes, I have them grouped into three categories based on categories uh, that the urban planners develop. One is livability. So I have sounds of neighborhoods and residential type uh, uh, atmospheres and uh, connectivity which of course is transportation and I have all kinds of uh, vehicle sounds from jets to trains um, trolleys of course but also things associated uh, with that uh, such as uh, pavement repair street sweepers that sort of thing and then uh, sustainability is a third category and uh, there I, th I took that as a, a way to interpret our interactions with nature and get people thinking about the next century of Memphis life and how the city's Im embedded in nature and how nature's embedded in the city. Uh, so we have sounds of cicadas and uh, bees and gardening, uh, tornado sirens, uh, rain, things like that. In that sense, to answer your question, Chris, it does um, feed into these categories. However, um, we have everyone who responded to the survey uh, identify their uh, zip code. And we're still crunching the numbers on the, all the survey results, whether people find sounds positive, negative, or neutral. And uh, we'll see if there are any uh, kind of geo-specific uh, like, responses. Like people that might fill it out from Germantown and say that Memphis sounds like gunshots, but they don't know. True, that, that could happen. Uh, I know, like, we had a jet fly over at the beginning of this interview. People uh, further out east didn't really respond to the jet noises uh, as much. Some people even wrote, we don't get jets out here. That's a midtown thing. So, but that, you know, in general, I would say, uh, as we, we're looking back on a year of doing this, it's a little abstract for the planners and for people to relate to in a concrete way. I, I feel it was a success in terms uh, of uh, getting people to think in a different way, but I don't know what impact it'll really have on the Memphis 3.0 plan, except that we are going to include the uh, sound mashups done by all the musicians and producers. Uh, as part of the final document, whether it'll be a SoundCloud page or a USB or both, uh, we're not sure yet, but uh, we're going to assemble all the pieces that have been submitted, and that'll be kind of a little time capsule of the sounds of Memphis in 2018 and how people respond to them. I think the, that's the most exciting thing about the project, all these producers and musicians 
kind of uh, weighing in on what sounds they think are compelling or or not. You know. It's interesting how the sounds are related to like space or, or a, a space in Memphis. You know, so like one neighborhood would sound different than another depending on you know the flight path or if you have a trolley in your neighborhood or what about traffic like is there or the traffic? train yeah the train I mean, we have planes Lizzie trains what the 330 uh -huh. tornado siren all of it what about the difference between day and night was was there any did you go at all times during the day and, and night and uh no uh i did record things very different hours but i couldn't say i did it systematically this was really a first leap into the idea of uh public presentations of abstracted sound and i i think that was as far as we could go with this kind of project now it's very unfamiliar to people so when you approach a church meeting saying i'd like to play the sounds of Memphis to you and get your responses. That's about as far as you can go yeah, with that. Music. And Red, yeah, they'll think blues or rockabilly or something. I did, uh, yeah, I did include music. And I think actually um, most people associate music with Memphis. On the survey, it was very interesting. I had uh, right at the top, I said, the sound of blank is so Memphis. So I was trying to just get a one-word response from everyone who participated. So you have a list yeah, I, here's a list. It's some interesting <laughs> ones. Um, there were a lot of people that answered Beale Street, but uh, I would say uh, beyond that, some form of music was by far the most common. So it was either blues, many, many responses that said blues or blues gospel. Uh, many responses said jazz. Uh, some just said music. In fact, I think music uh, it by itself was the most common answer. So the sound of music is so Memphis. <laughs> well, then you think about something like Beale Street. Like, I can get the picture of what that might sound like. But in terms, it's really an abstract thing, too, because that's a changing environment. You know, oh yeah, people sure. People have actually experienced. So one people might, one person might say Beale Street, and it, you know, might be a little calming. And then like the next one could be just the constant, you know, Saturday night party environment or something. No, we're trying to relate two completely different things. Mm -hmm. One is space, and the other one is, is sound. And sure. space is tactile. You know mm -hmm. what it is. Yes. You can you you go there. You feel it. And music, it's intangible. You don't touch it. It's uh, so you're trying to mix both in some in. in of course, in some some people's brain, will they will try to make a connection, and the connection for us would be music. But it, that's so vague, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But is. but but it is. It's there. People understand that space and 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 and, and sound and music all, all combined it came with one single word. And then music. field recordings are even more abstract. You know, the sound of Beale Street. Yeah, it might be blues, but then what about? blues in the background and then mm. a bunch of talk oh, yeah. yelling. Yeah. And That's yeah. somebody's idea yeah. as opposed to just walking into B.B. King's right. and hearing the you know, house band play. Right, right. And um, I should add that when I'm working with musicians and producers, I'm encouraging them also to do their own field recordings and uh, you know mix those in. One guy did a really great piece, kind of punk rock sounding thing that includes him uh, 
rolling the garbage bins down the driveway and it's just this big clunking sound and uh uh, so that's I'm, but did you want to showcase any of yeah, these well, let me play a few of these sounds. Uh, this one I, I just love, uh, but it actually got a lot of negative reactions. So, uh, of course, trains are ingrained to life in Memphis. I wanted to distinguish between this, which is literally a train just a few feet away from me, and uh, this one, which is uh, labeled distant train. And uh, you can hear it. Uh, this is really more how we experience trains uh, for most of Memphis. I think people around the University of Memphis area, where you have to cross the tracks every day. Uh, such a romantic. Yeah, they reacted more negatively. This is more safe now. But uh, let's see, I also had this one. It's, uh, this is an old car. Uh, my neighbor working on it just across the street. I was surprised at how many people gave that a positive rating. You know, you would think, oh, that's, kind of, that's noise. That's not a pleasant sound. But some people really liked that. <laughs> uh, of course, I had jets. jet in the rain. And uh, then, of course, the trolley, which is uh, actually, it kind of relates to the urban planning and it's been a question over the past few years. They, they, they removed the trolleys, now they're back uh, after some safety concerns were addressed. And uh, so it's kind of a question, do people really like the experience of the trolleys uh, just as an environmental aspect? And uh, I got both positive and negative things about trolleys. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, at how many uh, negative responses this got. Um, uh, owls in the Evergreen neighborhood, and I just am thrilled whenever I hear an owl, but some people would r rate that negatively. Not even ambivalent, but just, <laughs> and the same with uh, cicadas, which Negative. are very much a part of our summer life summer here. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 that brings me back to the South, you know, when I didn't even live here. Yeah. That was one of the first things I noticed. Um, and uh, then even people would 
rate this negatively? A mockingbird. So some people just are not ready. <laughs> I wish someone would take a BB gun and just get rid of that noise. No, I don't know what people are thinking. And I, I have to enter every survey response uh, by hand into a spreadsheet. And as I do it, I just puzzle over the personality of each person. Like, oh, so you like mockingbirds but not owls? Or, you know, I want to interview each of them <laughs> right. in depth. And well, my friend, it's people being affected by music and sound. So it's yeah. a different effect on every single person. Yeah, yeah. So we have to be open to those those uh, answers because they reflect something that we're not aware of. And but they probably experience are rooted in some kind of history or experience, you know, reactions to True, true. Uh, regarding that, I, um, I th thought this was interesting. These are tornado sirens. Um, I thought that kind of highlighted all the things that a sound could signify to people. As a musician, I love this sound and I love working with it as, a, as this kind of tonal wash, mm -hmm. different layers of harmonies and things. Uh, I think some people rated it positively. Uh, just because, oh, it's like, oh, it's a siren. It's good to know if a tornado's coming. Or some people might rate it negatively. It's like, oh, this means a tornado is about to devastate a part of the city. So uh, a sound could signify a lot of things on a lot of different levels of, of experience and, and how one lives life. So I, I know we're getting close to time, but I just wanted to ask, about the reaction of egg playing with these sounds compared to you just showcasing them for people. Did, I mean, I don't know if you yeah. did a survey for that, but like response as far as, you know, you visually for you guys, did you see a change in that? Uh, I, I don't know about visually, but certainly emotionally, uh, once you start mixing these sounds with music, you can create a lot of unexpected juxtapositions and that in itself creates meanings you may not have intended. So uh, for example, we have the sound of uh, playground. It's fairly pleasant, although I was surprised that people who, that rated this negatively, like I don't want those kids near my house, but um, it sounds very innocent and playful, but when you juxtapose this with a tornado siren, uh, you know, it really uh, can... The kids are not playing anymore, they're, they're rushing, they're trying to hide and... 
yeah. find some shelter because the tornado is coming. Yeah, so right. because the sound is you're merging two sounds and creating a different effect. So it's like, oh, watch out, kids. Shouldn't <laughs> you be getting home or something? So uh, that's just our uh, juxtaposition. And it has the same effect if it's somewhat ominous synthesizer tones or... Um, yeah, theremin is a very has a very uh, air raid siren type quality to mm -hmm. it. So things like that. Um, yeah, ice cream man. You know, if if you mix this with the gunshots, which was one sample I included in some of my surveys, that could not be. You know, that might trigger some bad stuff for some people. So uh, that was something I didn't anticipate, but we, I kind of, listening back to stuff that the egg created spontaneously, uh, I realized that th there were, there's a world of possibilities just in the juxtapositions. But like you said, we're combining the sounds because of their nature, because of the, the way they sound. We're not, so it's we're very, complete, it, it, it's, it's just an emotion that, oh, I like this sound, like you're saying about the siren, it evokes like a wavy kind of thing, a face that goes up and down. So we're using those as, a, as, an, as an instrument, as a sound, and we're not paying really attention to what they mean. That's the second part. That's the most important part because that's the survey. And we are just musicians using those sounds for their musical nature, uh, qualities. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it marks the difference between listening with intention to something you call music, even if it incorporates, uh, you know, concrete sounds like this. Yeah, uh, but part of what makes it music is just the framing by the listener mm -hmm. and uh, that's how the meaning is created or you're you're seeking to attach a meaning to it somehow more than if you just hear it as you're walking down the street the, oh, the yeah. typical person anyway we went even deeper with it uh, at memphis concrete and i was really proud because i guess memphis concrete is a reference to music concrete and i felt like we were actually, right we were yeah, we were really incorporating that. Um, you know, a, a lot of performers, well, many used you know different noise and uh, recordings, but uh, a lot of them just did electronic mm -hmm. music. So, um, you know, the boundary is not hard and fast, but. Uh, in a way, it felt like a throwback to old school music concrete, mm -hmm. uh, uh, using uh, the actual recordings from the streets and then having the theremin in there. It just it could have some of it could have been coming out of the 1930s or something. <laughs> Cutting and splicing as you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just the dig digital version. <laughs> yeah, right, right. With some effect on top. It was, was, was fun, but was, I can tell it was, different, was very different from your previous uh, approaches to the, to the material. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it was very well received. And it was improvised? Yeah, it was all extemporaneous. The only preparation is before each piece, uh, Luis gives me a number, which is the beats per minute. And so that I, <laughs> right, I pick a key, he picks a rhythm. Yeah. 
I'll <laughs> tempo. The, I'll give him the tempo and we'll try to <laughs> combine those rhythm and, and melody together. <laughs> yeah. A lot of strange samples on top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, thank yeah, you. thanks for having us. It's been wonderful. Oh, and let me just say, uh, if anyone is curious about Remix Memphis, you can email me at remix.memphis at gmail.com. I'm still interested in musicians and producers uh, in the next uh, month or two. So thanks for having us. has been an independent production of Sonosphere, produced by Amy S. and Chris Williams. Check us out at sonospherepodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.